Hello? Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this is the Spontaneous Boys Podcast. My name is Jack. And I am Tyrese. And we are the Spontaneous Boys. That's right. So today, we're going to talk about... <laughs> you going to pass it off to me? <laughs> I can't believe that. No. No, I, I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what are we going to talk about, Jack? So, we're going to talk about um, mental health and how that relates in the black community. Oh, really? That's yes. what we're going to talk about? Yes. Because my shit is fucking whack, and I need some help, <laughs> and I'm black. But anyway, yeah. We real. both are, yes. <laughs> but on a, serious, <laughs> on a serious note, I really think that we all need some help, and for real though, like... Black people should definitely take their mental health seriously because we definitely haven't been taking that shit seriously for years. And on top of that, if we look at our black mental health, it definitely, definitely made an impact upon each generation. And when I say that, I mean, literally, if you look at how basically back in the day when your grandmother and your grandfather, you know, loved each other, for example, and had kids, it's like it was rare to see single moms and stuff like that. But when you look at your mom, well, my mom, for example, was definitely a single mom. And and it's a common occurrence in the communities. So I really feel like that is definitely something that's been impacting black men in general. Mm. And black men don't know how to be men if they don't have a dad to provide an example. Okay. <laughs> Strong start. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Um, no, yeah, my mom is also a single mom. I am the oldest of three boys on my mom's side. On my dad's side, I am the youngest out of all my dad's kids. I'm the youngest of, I believe, seven. So, but I don't really know them that well. But anyways, for me, so, from what she said, right, so, if we want to go back to, like, really far back... If we look at, we're going to start with it, but yes, slavery, where families were deliberately torn apart, um, sent to different uh, plantations and that kind of thing, they would deliberately, specifically separate the fathers from the family um, in order to manipulate and further abuse the mothers um, and that kind of thing. And sure, you can argue, yes, that it does trickle down to now. But it's even more so now, again, with systematic oppression and that kind of thing, that it's becoming more and more apparent that self-care is a luxury. Health care, health insurance, being able to take care of mental illnesses and that kind of thing is a luxury. But also in the black community, at least especially what I've experienced with a lot of things, I know very well firsthand that are there are a lot of people in the black community that are going to say God will fix it first. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if I'm actually asking for genuine help, like, hey, do you know a therapist I can go to? Hey, do you know, um, you know, like, where can I go and get proper resources? And they turn around, they're like, well, why do you feel that way? And they want to understand, kind of. Not always sometimes. And, you know, I start to explain a little bit. And they're like, well, it'll be okay. God will take care of it. And I'm like, 
that's great, mm-hmm. but I want to be proactive. <laughs> so do you feel that that question saying like God will take care of it, push things down as far as emotionally, and that definitely feels like it impacts your mental health as far as like, hey, I can't talk to anyone because you expect an answer instead of expecting help. Yeah, so I think, because sometimes I also think there's that response and then there's the response of mental illness isn't real. Or like how people respond to ADHD saying, oh, you know, in my time because of ADHD just, you know, got more ass whoopings or whatever. And it's like, realistically, ADHD is... And, and, like, mental illnesses in general is just literally your brain functioning differently. And there's a lot of factors that go into it, but people just look at it as something you can get over. Every person is like, yeah, I've been depressed once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been sad once. And it's like, that's great, mm-hmm. but you're still neurotypical. Yeah, My experience sure. is very different. And I think that's the other part of it as well, that in black communities, they don't want to believe that people can have mental illnesses or more so not even that, but they don't want to believe that people directly related to them have it Mm -hmm. because there's more layers of judgment, which is true, Mm -hmm. but like, and you know, just not wanting to think it's real or thinking that you can get over it. Okay. Do you feel that slavery has played an impact upon (laughs) mental health as in like throughout the generations? Like, for example, what I'm getting at here is like, Okay, do you I'm just using this as a extreme example. Okay. So people would be like, Okay, the slaves need take care need to take care of their mental health. Like, do you mm. feel like that is one of the reasons why black people don't take care of their mental health today? You can definitely argue that and that's something that I don't know a lot about, mm-hmm. truthfully. Um and I, I think that's there's definitely other p- bits of research and stuff that could definitely argue that. Or, you know, actually say yes or no i'm just gonna say i don't know but what i can say is that the reason of people not taking care of their mental health now is because of the way things are set up in order to have access to a lot of the basic things you have to be at a certain level in society there isn't a real idea of there's 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 a power in equity Instead of being like, hey, this person who's already really tall, who can see over the fence and give them three boxes, Mm -hmm. instead of the person, in this case, white people, or even more specifically, you can say white men, white cis men, um, you can definitely be like, oh, okay, this really tall person, we're going to still give, we're going to give each person one box Mm -hmm. to stand on. And there's a really tall fence. And you already have one tall person who can see over the fence already. Mm-hmm. And they still get one box. Then you have one person who got the one box. And they're like, oh, I can see now. But then you have the short person who gets one box. And they still so can't see. see. And the short person who still has that one box is pretty much what? you and I. And even more so, if we want to go to a further extent, um, me being in the trans community... And the things that I go through, I have definitely seen, I can't speak for black trans women, but I can definitely say from what I've seen that there's, there's, there's not even a box given Mm -hmm. where equity is more of an idea of, you know, this really short person, they're not going to be able to see with just one box. So how about we give them two boxes? The person in the middle still gets one box and the tall person doesn't need one. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, instead of trying to make everyone have the same thing mm-hmm. or make everyone be able to have the same the same levels of access to something but instead to make adjustments where it makes it more fair to help people be able to gain the same access like if you put a money value on it mm-hmm. one person cannot put down a hundred dollars at all so they have no access still even though you gave them say ten dollars there's there's a huge difference where making something that is worth ten dollars that is worth a hundred dollars and making it ten dollars for that person who can't pay for it is much more useful than the other way around sure. so that's where i stand with it kind of but like mental illness in itself in the black community is usually faced with rel- religion mm-hmm. and maybe i've just seen it more myself i've seen it with my mom i've seen it with my family members where you can try and talk about it with them, but it's not, they don't want to. <laughs> and I think part of it also is that there are plenty of people in the black community just from traumatic experiences of racism and oppression, really, that can develop trauma and mental illness themselves. And when they start to talk to someone else who's being upfront about it, they're like, ah, you know, maybe it's bringing something up in them. Maybe it's making them think about things they didn't want to actually address. And so they push it down on someone else because that's what's probably happened to them. And then they don't have to talk about it. For sure. So do you feel that each category in the black community needs a specific therapist? So when I say that, I mean, like, black women need a black therapist and the black men need a black therapist, black trans men, et cetera, et cetera. Because mm. I, I personally feel like we do because... A black man doesn't know what a black woman goes through, especially if that's one of the most disrespected people in America. Especially a black man doesn't know like how black trans men, trans women, they don't know what they go through. Mm. And I feel as though those problems are suffocated mm-hmm. and they aren't talk about talked about. So what I you know, to restate my question is like, do you really think that these categories really need a specific therapist diversity is important yes so the way i would look at it is this way so i think that having let's put it in the sense of like schools Mm -hmm. so for me personally in school there was it was a predominantly black students his latino student school Mm -hmm. and like maybe like two two white girls that i remember but like (laughs) all the teachers predominantly were white Mm -hmm. and like there were one or two asian teachers before and like one latino teacher and a couple couple of black teachers and that's extremely important because yes if you're looking at the the demand of jobs or whatever Mm-hmm. And by population and all this other stuff, you can argue, yeah, sure, there's more white people in general in the U.S., so they'll have more jobs. Sure. But knowing how the systems are, knowing how people can easily not get their jobs because they have locks in their hair, mm-hmm. also rubs me the wrong way and makes me believe different. And I think it's really important for students to actually have teachers who can sit there and understand, mm-hmm. because when a student can't get access to internet 
and you know there might be a library near them but them walking to the library means they potentially get shot a mm. white teacher is not going to understand that a white teacher is going to sit there and be you could have gone to a library and for a black student to try and explain that to a white adult for sure is uncomfortable and it can get them in trouble um because then it just seems like disrespect mm. but also it's probably something they don't really want to talk about and that's the thing that I think is really important. However, comma, uh, <laughs> I do think it's very important that there's diversity. Because like how you said, there are, you know, black men and black women who don't understand the experience of being black and queer. Um, and even more so being specifically trans and black in these kind of communities where... From my perspective and my own experience, it's, like I said, the response is usually religion or it's ignoring it and kind of pushing it down. But also when it comes to being black and queer, then it becomes an even bigger problem, especially if you are a born male or assigned male at birth. Um, Because there's just a lot of requirements uh, pushed onto you from society in general. But when you look at black communities, especially the fear of you know, less actual, responsible, fully functioning men. Mm-hmm. Um, which you, which Thanks. there are white guys. <laughs> 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 you're doing, you're doing better <laughs> than so many I've seen, though. So not really you. Um, but there's, there's, there's plenty of black men that I've seen in their forties that would rather stand in a corner and harass me mm-hmm. than actually do something with their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and which has happened. And I'm just like, all three of you grown men are upset because I'm wearing a shirt that says, it basically said like something about if you're homophobic, why, like why be homophobic, all these other things, why be misogynistic, whatever on it, when you can just shut up. That's what the shirt said. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they literally just read it and they looked at me and were giving dirty, dirty stares like they were going to basically fight me. And I was like, listen, I'm walking to the fucking Safeway. If you're going to assume I'm a gay man, fine. But you literally are doing nothing with your life either. Mm. And priorities are not in place. And there's a lot of issues there that I don't know. But at the same time, there are still options to potentially be doing something better. Mm. Because at the end of the day, especially when you turn 18, depending on how you are with your parents and that thing, you have a lot more ability to make whatever choices you want. And I'm not saying they're always going to be the right one. But by the time you're in your 40s and you're still making choices like you're 18, there are certain things that need to obviously change. And it, it just becomes one of those things where diversity is extremely important because in a lot of black families, they will, you know, hide the, the gate in quotations, mm-hmm. the gay relative from the, from family members or, like, not tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes taboo. And in the sense of therapists, yes, I do think black people should encounter black therapists because when you're going to someone, you want to be able to relate. For sure. And the sense of experience and whatnot, diversity is very important. But if a black man needs to learn how to communicate better with black queer people or a black woman they should probably go to a black woman. So I don't think a black man with a black man makes sense, depending on what the issue is. 
regardless, just in the sense of race, I do think more black professionals having more black patients is great, but that's also not the issue either because having access to these things is the core problem and healthcare and self-care are luxuries because they're expensive, but also all these other things of mental health being taboo and like shush shush don't talk about it it's not real and all this other stuff okay so if everything's shush shush don't talk about it um which i agree personally Mm. how does a trans person make it in a mental health society like i said society in a mental health obstacle like considering that Uh. (laughs) i'm not (laughs) considering that like no one really accepts them fully Mm. from from what i've heard you know Right, certain yeah. people. Yeah. So, um, nah. <laughs> Makes a face at me being like, it's you. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, but nah, for real though, like, how do, how do you... Navigate uh, it? Navigate through the... Yeah. Um, just for the sake of the episode, um, I will answer that, mm-hmm. but just for the sake of the episode, that's definitely, like, a whole other thing in itself. <laughs> Next if, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Next Honestly, um, if we were to talk about, like trans people as a whole so including obviously latino um latino white asian other different ethnicities and categories that are also trans it varies around the world as well like i told you in certain countries excuse me just being queer or anything in general um you get you killed yeah you, it's against the law you get killed mm-hmm. still in other countries and in a few countries or not a few but quite a lot and um there's actually a couple of times i had actually heard from a musician that's trans and they were taking their they were like carrying around their tea shots which are you know actual syringes or whatever mm-hmm. and they're like yeah no you can't bring that in a few countries they're like we don't care mm-hmm. like you can't have that um even knowing that the they uh, the person is trans they're like no we don't care <laughs> that's not the point um but, again, it's, when it comes to navigating an environment with black people in regards to health, I'm going to keep it super upfront. The last therapist I went to, because a lot of people, including black women around me, were like, hey, maybe you should go to a, a, a black woman as a therapist. My last therapist was a black woman. She did not get my pronouns right. Mm-mm-mm. She... Even if I, like, would say it or remind her, she wouldn't get my pronouns right. Um, and it really threw me off and confused me because it, it, I'm supposed to feel safe with black cis women. But then, at the same time, I don't. Because, yes, there are black women that are much more accepting, whether they're queer or not. And... In comparison to black men, in comparison to a lot of other groups of people, um, when it comes to they're also becoming a difference in race. But I'm not going to ignore the fact that, yes, there are black women that do not do well with me. <laughs> so there are black women that still kind of look at me still as a girl, and so they won't date me. Mm. And those kind of things that are very strange... Um, And there's just, you know, various things of like, oh, you know, I have to physically see you change, which that's also another thing when it comes to um, 
the medical kind of beliefs of like a trans person has to meet a certain kind of box or requirement to be accepted and like i said in the black community it's already a hush hush don't talk about mental health so when you start to add in the layers of being queer mm-hmm. well then people are going to care less about your mental health and more about how can we get enough god into you or how can we beat the gay out of you mm. after a certain point and so truthfully for a very long time my mental health was very low on the priorities uh and part of it again you know finances self-care being a luxury unfortunately and those kind of things but part of it was also just how people treated it so that's where i stand but i actually have a question for you (laughs) so from everything that i've said for you personally would you be comfortable and i've heard and there's a reason why i'm asking this but would you be comfortable having a black woman as a therapist and trying to potentially learn things from her or even more specifically a relationship therapist as a black woman well to answer your question i actually already have one yeah okay cool (laughs) (laughs) um to be honest i have no shame in having a therapist or let alone a black woman as a therapist honestly was raised by a black woman so yeah it's really second nature to me to Mm. be able to talk to a black woman that's older than me and like basically trying to guide me so essentially i looked at my mom obviously as a caregiver Mm. but honestly she was an instructor to me i had to do everything her way um whether it was whether it it was stressful or not i had to suck it up and do it pause but anyway (laughs) i had to i had to cook and clean and that's considered feminine uh, to society which is fucking strange it really is like do you not want to function in life but go ahead (laughs) you know what i mean like um honestly we had to learn how to take care of ourselves in general and that's what that's what's like built into my mind into Mm -hmm. my blood that's what's in our blood Mm -hmm. so with that being said um i feel like that was a it's a blessing to have a black woman as a therapist because now i understand the ins and out about my own mental health because there were certain things that my mom like couldn't teach me and it's not her fault it's not that she was like unintelligent or anything it was just so in a matter where it's like this is a a profession where it involves like a a danger so when i say a danger is your mental health is a weapon in my opinion yeah so if you were to become too emotional like myself like you can destroy bonds and that's something i've been through in my life right i feel as though if that is the case then that might be a reason why someone might take a life in dc so yeah which is also true yeah considering that you know there's a lot of murders going on in the world in general or not even just murders just like Crime in general, Crime in general. has really gotten bad, uh, and you know, COVID can actually add to that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Having to be alone with your thoughts, exactly. A that, lot of people are afraid of. Uh, shit, yeah, <laughs> I definitely don't want to go home tonight. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, um, no. Yeah, for real though. So yeah, my experiences with mental breakdowns alone. So, 
with that being said, it's like I can understand why someone can go insane and to the point where nobody can un- ever understand them, which is why like I accept people for whom they are. Because if you don't accept people, then they have to put a mask on. And if you put a mask on, there's only two things that can happen. You can destroy yourself or others. Mm. Say, for instance, someone really needs someone really needs love, and you pretend to hate them. You pretend you put the wrong mask on that day, they can commit suicide. Yeah. And that is something definitely that people don't understand. Because if you're faking to be something that you're not then you're you're just ruining the whole experience of love because mm. I don't think love can fake itself love is something that's powerful something it is the most powerful weapon of all time mm. and when I say that it's it can heal wounds it can heal scars and stuff like that and you might say that weapons can't heal but in this case it can because you know a scalpel is a it's like a little small knife, and yeah. obviously it can cut you. Yeah. But honestly, it can make a surgery. Like, boom. Take right. things out like a glass, for example. So, in a way, it is a weapon, in my opinion. Weapons. Like, hate. Hate is a terrible weapon as well. And that we are see- we already seen what that can do to a community. Yes. We've seen what it can do to black people in general. Slavery. Yes. I believe slavery was a hate thing. And cause you could argue that. I definitely think it was more more than hate. I mean, but yeah. yeah, for sure. It's definitely more than hate. But honestly, if you... Like the core of it, yeah. But there's a lot. Hell yeah. Know. So <laughs> money, money is a thing. And then like if you're so focused on money, and that's another thing about mental health. If you're so focused on money, kind of flexing all that stuff. Like, Well, I... The interesting thing, so like, okay. I'm not relating that to slavery, but I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I know you're not. No, I know you're not. Um, what I was saying, what I'm saying is like, okay. Also, just to correct from something from earlier, so families. Just clarifying, families don't have to have men or some man as a parent, but it's the idea of that. So being a single parent, unless intentionally, is a very... And even if it's not intentionally, it's very difficult, even with just one child, um, from what I've seen. especially And even more so when you are financially... Uh, what's the word? Like, financially held back, or you don't just have the best financial situation. And then when you have multiple kids... And then you add in systematic oppression and all these other factors. I mean, even if you are making a lot of money, um, as even more so a black queer parent or a black woman, and not even, I should say queer parent, but a black uh, queer woman parent or a black woman, there's still a lot of hoops you have to jump through in order to be able to successfully be a single parent. The financial part does make it easier, and it does, and it is a privilege, you know, because whatever is going to make your life easier or be able to make you at a baseline that other people don't have access to is essentially a privilege. Um, and like being a celebrity, you do have privileges, but think of like Laverne Cox. I think there was something recently where 
she had almost gotten attacked or something. Mm. And she's a celebrity. She has a lot of privilege and a lot of exposure to where there's large groups of people that know her and that care about her. But with that being said, Laverne Cox is a trans woman. And so there's still a black trans woman. And so there are still these hoops and barriers that she has to kind of get through in order to be seen in the world to begin with, for one. Mm. And then to be able to stay up there is another thing. And then to still deal with the people, especially with more exposure, that are going to give her more shit. And with that being said, yes, the money and everything makes things easier. And, and you can, you can, you know, get yourself safety. You can have some level of security. But there are certain things that go on in the world, especially if you're an average person. Where you're not, like, you know, super known and, and people see you all the time, but you're an average person. Things can go horribly wrong. You can still be killed. You can still be removed from a job. You can still be ignored an opportunity because you are a black woman or a black queer woman and that kind of thing. Whether it's your hairstyle, whether it's just because you are a black woman, whether it's because someone find out, finds out that you're queer, whether it's because of a lot of reasons, whether you just wear something wrong. Where it's not as hard on men because you can wear your suits and, and wear your hair essentially almost any kind of way. Not saying it's 100% way easier for black men, but saying that women are definitely way more scrutinized for their hair. And that's a different topic in itself. But in relation to mental health, you can even then, you can have the money and that kind of thing. But going to a white therapist or even another black therapist still will have at times its barriers which sucks but it's the truth and and i'm not again not speaking for black women but just more so saying that looking at my own personal experience and what i've heard talking to black women specifically it's money is just a tool at the end of the day it does not guarantee you anything um, and at times, it can make things harder as well. In, in certain certain ways, it's a privilege. doesn't guarantee anything. Um, but yeah, families don't have to have men as a parent. It's just more so having a balance of where there are two different people to kind of share responsibilities. Or more. Mm-hmm. Or more parents. Or whoever is involved. To be able to balance responsibilities and to be able to handle different things, even just for one child, <laughs> even for, for like a dog, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's much easier when you have two or more people involved. Um, so I think even intentionally being a single parent, I do think that can be still be hard. But yeah, for sure. So how do you think that black man can step up in today's society or should have stepped up long ago, to be honest with you? But I mean, yeah. Um, well, there's so many factors. There's a lot of factors. And I think part of it is just starting... It's definitely a cycle that goes down the line. Because you see it, you know, especially black communities looking into their own communities. Even other people, other races of people have noticed this. And use it as a stereotype against the black community. Mm-hmm. Where black men are not going to stay with you. They leave their families. That's a whole thing. Um, 
and there's there's so many factors that could go into that there could be colorism there could be uh colorism involves where you know say for example a lot of black men that start off being married or in relationships with black women and then they start to gain a lot of power a lot of money and then they're married to a white woman part of it is status part of it is in this using white women in the same way or trying to in the same way white men do which is a status a power a symbol of security a symbol of masculinity a symbol of all these different things um but again at the core of it, it it also can just really be colorism being wanting to be away from blackness as much as possible or wanting to get away from these stereotypes of black women that will tell very very likely will tell a black man when they are garbage when it is just a lot of factors that go into it and you know colorism uh mental illness is a big one because there's a lot of factors that go into if you know, a lot of times people are treating other people horribly because there's something wrong in themselves. But instead of owning up to it, instead of maybe realizing it or, you know, taking on responsibility, there's a large, large factor where people want to cover it up. People want to ignore it. People want to blame other people. And I've seen it. I've seen that a lot, too, as well. Not saying it's just in the black community, but with personal experience and seeing it firsthand, I can say it is quite a lot. For sure. Um, and even then, dysfunctional relationships um, and those kind of things leading, you know, not saying mental illness has to lead to abuse, but saying that can be a factor to it. But, you know, not every single abusive person has a mental illness. Some people are just awful and that's what they just choose to do. But... Um, you know, that's a factor. They're not feeling manly enough, uh, using women in general as a, as a way of showing status, masculinity, uh, possession, those kinds of things. There's a lot of factors not knowing how to love, Mm -hmm. truthfully, whether that particular, speaking specifically with black men, whether that particular black man grew up without a father or that father was there and was just awful, which I've also seen. Like, you know, black fathers that are there and that are just awful and telling their sons and stuff to be one way and teaching them, hey, you know, in order to be a real man, you don't get to cry. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they are telling their black daughters to basically be raised into being mothers and nothing more. And that's why, you know, you'll see a lot of men in general through different races that don't know how to properly clean, don't know how to cook at all, don't know how to, like, do laundry properly, or just don't. (laughs) Like, there's so many of these basic necessities that are just pushed onto women um especially black women and in some cultures it's a it's like a whole thing where they have to expect to grow up just to be a wife just to be a mother just to take care of other people when men don't Mm -hmm. and that kind of pressure and obviously these pressures are different 
But that pressure on children that are assigned female at birth is ridiculous, and it's shown all the way out through life, not only from parents that follow this this traditional thing, but from society. And so then you have men growing up, and they're, I can't remember the book. I didn't read it, but I can't find it either. But <laughs> then you have children that are assigned male at birth that grow up, and, specific, and now talking more towards, like, cis men that grow up and they're, like, not noticing these things. They don't think these things are important. They can't even fucking do these things themselves. And so when a woman comes into their life, they're like, okay, you can do all these things for me, right? And, they, and, and it's like, I don't want to. Like, we're just dating. I'm not your mom. I'm not your parent. But that's what ends up happening because mm. men were taught this is what you do. All you have to do and all your worth is providing. If you can't provide, you're not a man. And that's what I hear very, very often. But there's no emotional intelligence. There's no caring about your mental health, caring about your physical health, mm. caring about knowing how to care for other people, knowing how to love yourself, mm. knowing how to do basic fucking necessities like budget or live. <laughs> And how to live on your own and how to truly be responsible and independent. All these various little micro things are not really expressed on uh, cis men as it, sh- as it is on children that are assigned female at birth or AFAB. Well, considering all of these fundamentals, that's what I'm going to call it. Mm. Fundamental things that you deal with in life like cooking, cleaning, etc., mm-hmm. etc. How does a trans person operate through those things considering that and we just we just went on a hold like <laughs> kind of a separate tangent but we're gonna loop back around but go ahead considering that like um trans people like for example people view you as a woman mm-hmm. but in reality we know that you're a man right so how do people see you like how does that ex- those expectations like impact and factor your mental health because if you're, like, for example, considered a woman, so mm. it's like that you're considered to cook and clean, mm. but you know that you're a man, and mm-hmm. people assume that you're, like, like a woman, mm-hmm. and it's like they expect women to cook and clean, and then, like, they see you do things, like, that a, a quote-unquote man would do. Right. And I say quote-unquote man would do because sometimes men don't know what to do, honestly. Yeah, they don't. So, um, how, so how do you operate in those kind of scenarios? Um, operating in those kinds of scenarios really takes, depending on the person and the situation specifically. But if I were to say, you know, generally, the way I tend to approach these situations, so like, this is the way I look at it. And I've actually had discussions. Uh, some of them with black men, a good portion of them with white men that I've encountered. And it'll be one of those things where I'll be in like a kind of a small, small group of guys, of cis men. And I'm the only, sometimes, well, okay, I'm the only trans individual in the group. Mm -hmm. There might be a couple other ones that might be like, you know, gay or whatever, but the rest of them are cis men. And so they'll look at me and we could be talking about something and it could be, you know, um, we could be talking about, I don't know, anything. And we and we could end up talking about I don't know cooking, and there there I remember this actually. There was one guy who was like, 
I don't really know how to cook. I'm just hoping that, you know, whatever wife I have later on will just do it. And I was like, well, I actually enjoy cooking. And I think you should learn because, you know, how are you going to fucking live? But also, like, like what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> Eat, like, buying carry out and, and whatever every single day. Okay, whatever. You're going <laughs> to... It's not a great thing. But it was just kind of that. And I didn't say the carry out part, but it's just like... I was saying, like, you, you know, you should probably... You don't have to be the, the best chef in the world, mm-hmm. but, you know, make stuff that's at least edible <laughs> that you can live off of. Sure. And he kind of looked at me and was like, well, of course you know how to cook. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to. And it kind of got a little weird. Whoa, supposed to. Because I was like, well, you're supposed to as well. Yeah, because... <laughs> you're expect- and I And I literally got annoyed because part of it was like, there was this delicate thing... And truthfully, there was this kind of delicate moment where I could choose to go the route of being, fuck you, mm. I am male, yeah. you bitch, and like, <laughs> and like, the, <laughs> the other side, no. <laughs> like, you privileged white boy, but on the other side, it could easily be, you know, so you're saying that whoever was assigned for you at birth has these specific requirements to go through and you don't? And I was like, and that's the thing. It's like, sometimes I'll go the trans route, but in this scenario, I went the basically feminist route. Oh, man. And I was just kind of like, listen, you can say whatever you want, but the, the main thing is that when you have children and you can't cook and your wife and whatever is not there, you're a terrible parent. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because... And I'm not saying, like, you can't cook your term parent, but I'm saying, like, you're completely depending on, you're, and you're going to end up depending on these these basic things that you should know how to do. It doesn't have to be, it does not have to be, like, like fucking, I don't know, perfect or whatever, but just being able to do it decently and being able to function as an independent adult, you should be able to wash your own clothes you should be able to cook. You should be able to do these things because not only is it going to make your life easier, but you're not going to... Like, no person wants to be your parent in a relationship. Basically. Like, no person wants to go into a relationship with someone that doesn't know how to do these basic things and they're just like, yeah, I make a lot of money, but, Uh. you know, my place smells like shit. My clothes smell like shit. (laughs) Uh, I literally have only been eating pizza <laughs> for the past three months because I can't cook. Or, like, you know, asking your parents still to cook for you, and they're probably super old, and it's a lot of pressure, unnecessary, I guess not pressure maybe, but unnecessary things to ask of them. You're basically just an older child. No, and fun. no one wants to be in a relationship with, with a child. It's weird, and I've seen it so many times. And it's weird, and it, it was just the whole thing, and I was just like, come on, guy. Like, you really think whoever you're going to be with is not going to realize that you can't cook. <laughs> like, again, you don't have to be perfect, but, like, boil a fucking egg. <laughs> like, come on, my guy. That's what's up. It's just, it's one of those things, but in relation to my mental health with those kinds of conversations, um... Truthfully, when people try to speak to me or treat me as if I'm a woman, it becomes a conversation of you 
don't define me really like does it still affect me yeah obviously Mm -hmm. especially since it's 50 percent of the time Mm -hmm. of getting misgendered and stuff like that and you always knew that she was a man yes and also like people forcing stereotypes on me and that kind of thing but at the same time i don't i don't really get affected by that much because i know in myself i'm not a woman so those things don't really relate to me and it's and it's weird because I'll have experiences, not saying completely, but I'll have experiences that may be similar to that of cis women or or trans women, not exactly, but saying I've had similar experiences to women, mm-hmm. but even then the perception is different because from my perspective, I'm like, well, you're just ignorant because I'm I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. I'm a man. So, this doesn't come personally to me. It just affects me in the sense that you get my gender wrong. But, like, otherwise, like, fuck you. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Where actually being and identifying as a woman, it it's that's obviously way more of a toll. And it it's more traumatic. And that kind of thing. And in many ways... Like I said, only fifty, per- roughly fifty percent of the time, I get misgendered. For women, <laughs> mm-hmm. not even getting misgendered, but looking at being looked at as a woman, identifying as a woman, that kind of thing, that's a hundred percent of the time. Those kinds of experiences. So they've definitely had worse. And I'm not trying to say at all that I know that experience, but I'm just saying, I can't. I can't imagine what it's like to be a cis male mm-hmm. because and i'm not saying this in a mean way but there's <laughs> there's a lot of ignorance um and then i i definitely can't imagine being fully a cis woman because that's just not at all what i align with mm-hmm. and those experiences aren't really cutting me deep because again i i'm not a woman yeah and so it's just weird, but at the same time, I'm just glad that I wasn't born a cis male because I know I would also be unhappy like that as well. <laughs> and that's a whole different thing with mm-hmm. me and myself. But I know I'd be unhappy as well because then there would be a layer of ignorance that I would probably not be able to figure out, if that makes sense. I feel you, because I definitely go through certain things. Like, <laughs> not to say that, you know, the things are negative completely. Like, it's right. more so of how can I, how can I define myself? Like, who am I as a person? And I feel like certain men, well, a lot of men, honestly, don't admit that. Like, they don't know who they are. Like, they cover up with riches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I tried to do, but it didn't work out for me. And the fact that, men are the fact that men are supposed to like hide their emotions and stuff and it's like a constant battle of opening up for me mm. but when I do open up it's like oh you're considered feminine mm. or oh you, you're you like emotional or etc yourself and stuff like that but in reality it's like I feel like I would be damaging myself more if I held those thoughts in or if I didn't open up about suicide and depression and stuff like that, it's like, I feel like I would be damaging myself and not only myself, but others, my community, anyone that I interact with by being fake. And that's something that 
I don't want to do. Mm. The most damage that I, that I personally know that I'm doing mm-hmm. is possibly to myself. But mm. I noticed that I've damaged other people through my mental health. And that's something I'm not happy about. That's something I take to heart. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, it's like, you know, the, the um, for example, suicide attempts that I've done um, and that were actually noticed, for example. And mm, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it hurts to know that my little brother knows that I'm suicidal. And it's not like I'm doing this on purpose, as in, like, to hurt them. It's like, yo. That's just how you are. Yeah, pretty I, much. I personally wanted to end my own pain, not to not to hurt them, not to hurt anyone. Like, I just that's some things that I battle personally. Yeah, and you know the insecurity battle and stuff like that. Like those are true things that I normally go through as a person. But with that being said, it's like a huge toll upon my own mental health and. I can only imagine what you go through as a trans person. So, uh, like, think about that. Um, well, you already thought about that. So, well, you go through that. So, let's, let's just be real. Um, which is why I prefer to accept people for whom they are. And that's another thing, because accepting people for whom they are, it's not about, like, it's not about you. So, anything that you think is, like, as in think personally, like mm. anything that you think does not like equate to anything that they've been through. Yeah. Like I can see you and say, Okay, you're a strong person which is true. But I don't know half the shit that you've been through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's just be real. Um another thing is I don't even know like who I am as a person, so how can I define someone else? Yeah. And that's another thing that people need to start to recognize, like and not to say that I never judged anyone in my life. Um, well, yeah. I'm just saying. We all do. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, if we were to just take the time to not only learn ourselves, but to learn others instead of judging them, then I feel like we could all somehow love each other. True. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but, like... So there was something you said, um, which is that, you know, covering, covering up the emotions and that kind of thing and trying to cover it up with, um, materialistic things, which you can also people, you know, obviously people will argue like, you know, music industries, all this other stuff. That's not the point because truthfully, there are plenty, plenty of celebrities with all of the money and fame that are using all of that money and fame to try and do the same thing that we average people try to do. We look at them and we're like, you know, they're living these lavish lives and they they have more privilege, they have more ability to do whatever they want. Especially in these COVID times, right? Where, you know, a bunch of celebrities are doing these weird, weird fucking things because they know that they can get the vaccine, because they know that they can potentially bribe their way out of it because they know they can they have these privileges to get away from, get away with things. And my thing is is that do you think that men um cuz I can't really say with black women, I don't see like I do see it, but not to such a drastic degree or as often even 
um, as black men in the community, do you think that carrying up this image is to make up for something in themselves? And I'm not saying in like not knowing, knowing who they are and that kind of thing, but more specifically making up for the fact that having to do this performative masculinity, I, I don't want to say specifically toxic, but oh, doing toxic. it definitely is. But I think calling it toxic masculinity takes away from being able to have a discussion. So just just for the sake of it, because mm. because sometimes having discussions is allowing other people to not feel attacked. Oh, shit. I mean, I was about to say to attack on fucking <laughs> to be honest with you, that is that shit is toxic masculinity. As, um, it's, I've been hearing it in songs like designer brands cover up my insecurities personally, but I ain't nothing but an average Joe. Though. That's we can't get copyrighted now. All right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, um, it being real, like that was a Mac Miller song, um, one through eight. And it was another song that, you know, I don't want to get copyrighted on, but I, I definitely, I, I got, I don't want to get attacked. You know I mean? <laughs> like I got lyrics to explain this. That's not for me, but like from others. But truthfully, um, yeah, so you get a guy gets a pair of Jordans, for example, for me, like for me, for example, I didn't have a pair of Jordans until like a certain point in school. I don't think I ever did. And honestly, I never wanted a pair. I, I mean, I like basketball, so I really like, you know, and I was, was a soccer kid. <laughs> I feel that. So um, I feel that. I feel that. And, you know, obviously, like I wanted the attention. I ain't gonna lie. But um, mm. when I when I literally put on the first pair of of Jordans that I had, like, mm. like I'm talking about the retros. Mm. Like, it's you know, if you know shoes, it's like one is a retro, and then the other one is like, like the the, re- the ones that you you get when you can't afford the retros. Okay. The, the retros is like the top tier ones. I don't understand. We continue. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I got you. So, um, basically, it's like, okay, how do I explain this? It's like some of them, some Jordans are like. I want to say no no don't elaborate the jordans more I, <laughs> right, like right, i understand okay. no i understand jordans are a status thing but like the specifics are gonna just confuse me I got and you. probably other people <laughs> i got you i got you i got you so when i got a first pair of retros like or before i got them it's like somebody this like this girl in my class it seemed like she wasn't paying me attention Mm. And then, like, I started to grow my hair out, and I got, like, a temp fade, like, how everyone did. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, it, it, like, this is, like, when the temp fade started. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, when the temp fade, like, started, like, popping in my school, at least. And then, like, or, excuse me, it was started, it was, like, a little after. But, um, yeah, I got my first pair of Jordans, and all of a sudden, this girl was literally, like, literally, literally trying to get my attention and shit like that. I was like, um, what the fuck? And then, like... <laughs> My ex still literally started claiming that I was her ex. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, like I that was the first time I heard you say that, and like, and like out loud. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy yeah. to me. And I, I I noticed that the power of riches had. Yeah. And then like I started realizing that I wasn't who I was. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. So I went on a journey to find myself later on in life, um, which is like in tenth grade. In tenth grade, I started realizing a lot of things that that I liked personally, and in ninth grade, which was the grade I was talking about, yeah, that um, that wasn't who I was. I was mm-hmm. listening to music that other people listened to. I was in classes and talking like how other people did, 
and trying to follow trends, but I lost who I was as a person. Right. And that's where riches can play a part in, like, losing who you are as self. And if you can't find self, then how can you help others? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think the crazy thing, also just to, to add really quickly, is that the way... It's weird also because... You know, materialistic things are meant to symbolize power, are meant to symbolize all these different things. And in some cases, having these nice materialistic things, really more so to women, represents that you come from, and this is, you know, this is more of a subconscious thing, but to a certain level that, especially when you're an independent adult, you most likely are very hardworking because you're earning money and earning money that you most likely deserve. Mm Mm-hmm. And having these nice things just kind of it's like it's like having abs. You you worked for it. You exercised. You put a lot of dedication and a lot of discipline. It's not the abs necessarily in itself, but it's probably the character behind what it took to get them. Yeah. And with men, however, it's it's more of a shortcut thing. Where it's like, oh, I have these really cool things. I'm attractive because of these cool things. Don't get me wrong, there are people that are definitely just with you for the for the material stuff. But I think, and I've noticed more so with women, it, it represents something of your character. And then when women get to know individuals, it's like, oh, you're just a materialistic person. Yeah. But that is the podcast with only like, what, three, three-ish left minutes. <laughs> we went a lot of different places. Um... Uh-huh. And also, unfortunately, materials tend to cover up people's personality and mental illness um, because they don't want to face those things and they think everything should be better because I look really cool. And unfortunately, it does not work that way. But, yeah, is there any last words? No, man. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice, man. Well, that was us. This is the Spontaneous Boys Podcast. I'm Jack. And I am Tyrese. And we hope you guys continue to self-educate and enjoy your day. And uh, just just so you know, we do want you here. You are important. You. Keep it going. You, the one that's listening. We love You are loved. You yes. are loved. We love you, man. We do love you. Please stay. Please. <laughs> or else. And I literally just mean, like, stay on this earth. Things are hard right now. So, yeah. Don't eat octopus. Don't eat octopus. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. (laughs) But you guys have a great night, morning, day, evening, afternoon, whatever you're doing. And, yeah, bye. Peace.